Please be seated. And good morning again, and happy Independence Day weekend. In a few minutes, we'll all stand and perform some variation of passing the peace. Now, at St. Peter's in the past, sharing the peace was a ritual that could go on for several minutes. I was once told that a visitor thought the service must be over, so they up and left during the peace. Now, since COVID, our passing the peace times have gotten a little bit shorter, although there are signs that that might be changing as well. So what exactly are we doing when we pass the peace? It is our tradition here to pass the peace right after the confession and the absolution. You see, we sort of cleanse ourselves. We make ourselves right with God and with each other before we share the peace. Now, it may look like an everyday social act, like we're shaking hands or hugging, but we're doing something that is theologically very meaningful. If you're not ready to pass the peace, maybe because you haven't fully forgiven someone, then you don't pass the peace. And importantly, you don't take communion until you've lived up to the promise made in the confession that we say just a few moments before. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. Then we take communion. Now, you see, this is private and very personal work. It's not the responsibility of the clergy. It's not the responsibility of the rest of the congregation. It's ours to do. As Paul reminds us in Galatians, all must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own load. All must carry their own load. So I invite you to think about it. Is there anyone or anything that should keep you from passing the peace? Any unresolved issues with God or with your neighbor? And keep in mind, we see you on Facebook. (laughs) This is important work to do. Work that you do before you come here on a Sunday morning. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, peace is a hard word. Everybody wants it, yet it's so rarely seen or felt. It can be such an abstract idea, this peace. Mother Teresa spoke about the idea of peace. She spoke about it a lot, but she always spoke about it in a very practical and tangible way. She was interested in the things we can do here and now, the small things that really make a difference in order to achieve peace. Peace was not an abstract idea for her. She once wrote, peace begins with a smile. And also, all works of love are works of peace. I really like that idea of peace being a small action. Because without that, it seems like peace is always just out of reach. Especially in this angry, anxious age, peace can be really difficult to find. But there's hope. In the 70s and 80s, there was a TV commercial for palm olive dishwashing liquid. Some unsuspecting woman would complain about her cracked, dry hands, and Madge, it was always Madge, her manicurist, would extol the wonders of palm olive and famously tell her, you're soaking in it, as she placed her nails in the bright green liquid. It's kind of that way with the peace of Christ. You're soaking in it. 
In fact, you've been soaking in it for a long, long time. As we read in Luke about the 70 missionaries that Jesus sent out in pairs, we learn that Jesus' followers already have the peace of Christ in their hearts. In fact, this peace is theirs and ours to give and share with others. Jesus says, whenever you enter a house, extend your peace to all those who live there, saying, peace to this house. And if anyone is willing to share that peace, then he says, this peace will rest on that person. You see, this peace is ours to hold and to give away. We already have the peace of Christ with us. You know, me or someone else is up here every week saying, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And you return the favor, and also with you. Not just today, not just for the five minutes or so we pass the peace, but always. But if you're like me, there's a big difference between being in the peace of Christ and actually being at peace. My monkey brain is always spinning, always looking for ways to avoid being at peace. It squirrels from one perceived slight to an anger at something else, possibly some silly politician's latest proclamation or something I see in social media. You see, it's like I'm actively resisting this peace, even though I'm soaking in it. Peace is evidence of the kingdom of God that's in our midst, and the kingdom of God is indeed here, present, here and now. But we lose sight of it. In our monkey minds, we bury God's peace in fear and insecurity and impatience and shame and resentment and bitterness and often leading up even to hatred. We lose the peace. And revelations about Mother Teresa that, that followed her passing suggest she understood and shared those daily struggles with being at peace in spite of her serene, calm exterior. Maybe that's why she focused on the small actions of peace, the little smiles, the tiny acts of love. Maybe it's kind of a fake it till you make it approach. Perform little acts of peace even though you may not be feeling at peace. What would it be like? How would it change you to bring these little actions of peace into your life throughout the day? How would it feel if you greeted everyone you encountered with a smile? We have a habit in the South of wishing people a blessed day upon a stranger, which I always find strange because I think all of our days are blessed. But what if we wish them a peaceful day? And it happens in other cultures. In Arabic, the standard greeting is as-salam alaykum, alaykum, which means peace be upon you, which is answered by wa alaykumu salam, and upon you, peace. So they do it. The Hebrew word shalom means peace, and is used coming and going, so it can and does happen. Have a peaceful day, or simply shalom, with a big smile. Now the gospel tells us that some won't welcome our peace, but whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Then they add, and this is important, yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Even in rejection, we don't respond with words of hate or anger as much as we'd like to. We simply say, no, the kingdom of God has come near. Now that's quite a way to end an argument. 
And the 70 return elated, and Jesus joins in their excitement. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. I have given authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. In Jewish tradition, snakes and scorpions are symbols of evil. In the peace of Christ, we have the power. No, no more. We have the responsibility to overcome evil in all its forms and know that we'll be safe. But it starts inside. It starts with us. We don't share the peace until we are right with God and right with each other. That's an inside job. And maybe it starts with something as simple as a smile. Now, in a few minutes, we'll share communion. And this morning, I encourage you to examine yourself. Are you at odds with a neighbor, with someone here at the church, with some perceived injustice? And if so, maybe this morning, instead of coming forward for communion, you use that time to practice forgiveness for that person right there in that moment. What we do here on Sunday morning is strange and sacred stuff. This is not a social club. It's not a social services agency. It's not like most churches out there. When we do it right, church is a chance to wrestle with evil, to practice being the kingdom of God, to practice being at peace and sharing that peace with each other. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may this peace be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen.